Are you snowballing? Got it on. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> What's gross? Don't you I'm... know what snowballing is? No. Oh, my God, Mark Brown. Are you kidding me? Um... Like in... in... In a nasty sexual way, you don't know what snowballing is. Well, um, is it? Uh, I don't know, like sucking the cum out of something. Kind of. It's when you come in a girl's mouth or come in your partner's mouth, and look at me being all hetero normal. Oh. Uh, when you <laughs> when you come in your partner's mouth and then kiss her, and she, she he or she puts the, the, your cum back in your mouth. It's oh, like tonsil hockey okay. with cum, I guess. I yeah, see. what a lovely way to start a conversation. Yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh well. What you gonna do, man? I know. Just what you gonna do? Just slide down slippery slopes. That's what you're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. I have a. I have a. Uh, what do you call it? A ham sa- ham sandwich. I have a ham sandwich, and I'll be burping throughout the show. Nice. I that's, have. That's three, okay. Uh, I ate some salami, so. I might be burping right back at you, pal. We're a regular fucking Jewish deli here. <laughs> oh no, not with a ham sandwich. Not with <laughs> Probably a ham not. Sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Did I ever? Did I ever tell you about my friends who went to Katz's Deli when Katz's Deli was in Austin? No. And they'd been out drinking, and they just went in there, and the waiter comes, and they're all talking, and you know oh, they're no. drunk. I think they even had more drinks. And the waiter comes, and he's like, what would y'all like? And my friend is like, I don't know, a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Not going to work. Yeah, not a um, Although, they used to have beef bacon. I don't know if they had yeah, you beef could get, ham yeah, or you not. Could, I don't think so. You could, yeah, I remember getting a BLT there with their beef bacon and or yeah. breakfast plate with beef bacon. I miss Katz's. Mm, I do too. You know, when I went to Katz's for the first time, I was so excited because I I ordered a um, uh, oh, what is it? Is Reuben. It a, n- n- no, what no. comes with like corn beef, corn beef and cabbage? Nope. God damn it! Now I'm oh, um, past- past- was it pastrami on rye? Oh, what, comes, yeah. what comes with coleslaw on it? What do you get with coleslaw on it? Um, maybe it was a turkey I, uh, sandwich. Maybe. I don't turkey know. sandwich with Russian dressing and coleslaw? I was so excited uh, that I could get a sandwich with Russian dressing and coleslaw on it like Woody Allen movies have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a real New York thing. That was That okay. was one of my favorite things to have there, too. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's almost like a Reuben, except instead of sauerkraut, you've got uh, coleslaw. Coleslaw. I think it's turkey on turkey on turkey with Russian dressing and coleslaw. Now it, it's so funny. Now I don't remember. I don't know. It's been a few but, years since I've seen Annie Hall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many Woody Allen movies where he somebody orders that. I think I saw it in the front, which. Everyone, Woody Allen movie. Yeah, I think most of them <laughs> before before 2000 at least. Mm-hmm. Before he started filming in other countries. Yeah, you know Woody Allen was on the coleslaw advisory board, so he that's why he was touting uh, coleslaw on a regular I basis. I can believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was on the Jewish Deli advisory board as well. Yeah, he liked to eat coleslaw off of young girls' uh, 
private parts. Oh my god! Oh my god! What do you mean like to? He still does. He's still with us. Unless uh, between now and when this show airs, he's he's the another casualty. Oh of, no! Uh, 2016. Oh, let's oh, hope Jesus. not. Yeah, we've had enough uh, uh, deaths and and near deaths. I mean, you've heard about Carrie Fisher, right? Yeah, although I hear she's this happened while we're the night we're recording this. Carrie Fisher had a heart attack, but I I yeah. read online that she's in stable condition. So right, I'm hoping, yeah, that but, that's not gonna. Yeah, well, I I think that the mere fact that she survived having the heart attack on a plane, landed, made it to the hospital, that uh, yeah, probably the odds are pretty good. Maybe you know? yeah, I didn't think about that. That sounds yeah, hopefully a good sign. Yeah. Right. Um, cause I was, yeah, I had on my stuff to talk about that since the, uh, since the last episode, uh, for sure. I, I bet there's more, but Alan Thicke, um, yeah. Uh, Zsa Zsa, of course. Oh, that's right. Zsa Zsa Gabor. Yeah. And Bernard Fox, Dr. Bombay, Dr. Bombay emergency. He will not be coming right away. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot. I forgot that news story came out. Yeah. Talking about him. I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily, you know, a lot of the younger people listening to us probably don't know who that is, but, uh, right. Yeah. It's definitely a, a bewitched thing. A Hogan, a Hogan's heroes thing. Hogan's heroes. Um, oh yeah, he. I love you know when I was a kid, I I loved some some goofy stuff, and I I always loved Doctor Bombay. Right. Oh yeah. That, I, yeah. I thought that was a fun fun character. Absolutely. Almost as of fun. Course my favorite was Uncle Go Arthur. <laughs> oh no. Well, yeah. You would think, right? But my favorite was Aunt Clara. I loved oh. the old crazy woman. <laughs> yes. I don't know why, but I loved her to death. I just thought she was the funniest, funnest thing. Oh yeah. You know. I mean, uh... it's kind of like um, when I watched um, uh, Green Acres. I loved. It was Ava Gabor on Green Acres, right? I think yes. I believe so. I loved, yes. I loved her. I loved that character. I just thought, you know, I don't know. I guess because I was a kid and kind of dumb, and we lived in the country anyway. But um, <laughs> I just loved. I loved the character of Lisa on Green Acres. I thought she was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Lisa. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it when she would cook stuff and it would be really rock hard and that makes uh, I mean yeah you know, completely absurdist humor um <laughs> where where pancakes would be hard as a rock and they'd use them for skeet shooting or whatever <laughs> probably yeah that was you know that uh, was definitely a running joke yes and I don't um, know why I guess cuz it was simple humor that a kid could get I just loved that right that stuff well they were writing the um they were riding the Beverly Hillbillies uh, uh, wave, I guess, when the oh, yeah. sh shows yeah. like that were, you know, the fish out of water type uh, sitcoms were the, the big thing. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like the Beverly Hillbillies in reverse. They uh, were rich people who went to the country instead of country people who became rich and went to the city. Exactly. So um, I know there were other shows like that, but I can't. Uh, oh, well. Petticoat Junction. Of course, wasn't that yeah. a spinoff of uh, of Green Acres, though? It was, I believe, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. I think those characters, well, because uh, Green Acres and um, Petticoat Junction would go to um, the uh, Sam, what was his name? He had a grocery store, like a... Uh, Sam Drucker. Wait. 
Drucker. Drucker's not a, <laughs> he had a general store. Sam yes. Drucker's general store. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and I know both of those shows had that. I well, never really got into Petticoat Junction. Well, hello, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. That that was that was kind of uh Yeah, that that show wasn't Although, that great. But uh yeah, it had I, its... I did like it when I watched it, yeah. Right. Uncle Joe was funny. Uncle Joe I liked he was, and um Did you know he was moving kind of slow at the junction? <laughs> Petticoat junction. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Some people I are listening him. to us right now going, What the fuck are they talking about? Right. Because, you know, uh, now that I think about it, yeah, well, that's – and fuck them. Uh, B. Right. Bernadette, who played the mom on Petticoat Junction, was also uh, right. Jed Clampett's sister, although I don't think it was supposed to be the same character. Uh, no, she played – I can't remember now. She played Pearl on um, Beverly, Beverly Hill Hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah, Jed's I don't remember uh, what her... sister Pearl, right? Mm-hmm, right. I don't remember what her name was in Petticoat Junction. Um, uh, mini driver. No, I don't, I don't know. For some reason, the name mini popped into my head, but that could be very, very extremely wrong. That, you know, it's almost sounds right, though. You know, you think you might be right. Yeah. Um, if there, you know. if there was just, just a way that uh, one could search for something like that, you know, if, if on your computer yeah. there was like a, some sort of a program or an application that can, you could look up that information, that'd be great. Right, right. <laughs> Almost like an engine that searched for you, you know, like you, you could, yeah. you know, the fuel would be the words that you put in and then the, it would respond with wow. answers. That would be amazing. You know, I, uh, you know, that's some Philip K. Dick shit right there, man. <laughs> yeah, somehow, that'll, somehow, ne that'll somehow never that happen sentence. except in the distant, <laughs> distant future. <laughs> somehow, man, that, that sentence contained dick shit. And I don't, I, I'll just, I'll just apologize <laughs> for that right now. <laughs> Philip K. Dick shit. Oh, that's good. <laughs> what a great name for a band, man. <laughs> Philip K. Dick shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's good too stuff. funny, man. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh. Whoa. You know, there was a. Now that we're talking about all these deaths and stuff, and and uh, right, uh, we were we're gonna be doing like the last. This is our probably our last show of 2016, and yeah. And uh, did you did you see the thing on online a couple weeks ago before they announced that Dickwad Trump was a <laughs> a man of the year for Time Magazine? There was right. this, uh I, I guess it was a faked cover that somebody did that listed the the uh, man of the year or the person of the year for Time Magazine was going to be death. And they had oh. on the front cover yeah. all the names of people who had died this year. Yes, and, yeah, I did uh, see that. I was like, that would have been a way better choice than fucking uh, Dumpf. But, um... <laughs> Drumpf, uh, yeah. It, it was really... <laughs> Drumpf, yeah. It was really cool because one of the people they had listed on there was alan vega of suicide and i was like man oh, alan yeah. vega of suicide on the cover of time magazine there's <laughs> something you never thought you'd see happen and of course we didn't it hasn't happened but. right yeah he would have definitely spun in his grave so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was and boy they'd have had to put update issues out all the time because we've lost yeah no shit <laughs> 20 other people since that right fake cover came out yeah know? it'd have to be a like a a, a, a a mailed addendum 
<laughs> for, so yeah. everybody yeah. could stick it in their in the back cover of their their Time magazine. Yeah, or they should just um, they could have just left room at the bottom and then sent you stickers as the year into. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just, just some stick sticker faces. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Well, or yeah, or crazy. or names. Yeah. Right. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but well, uh, I, yeah. I, it I wasn't think a... we should probably start the show soon, huh? Okay. Oh, I, or we I could interrupted just... you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. We we could just do uh, the whole show is a pre-show and then five minutes of real show. <laughs> it, well, that's always worth the three, you know. <laughs> that's what's going to happen one day. It'll just be completely could, free yeah. form, right? Okay. Yeah. It'll be like, oh, we forgot to do the intro. Here, let's do it at the end. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, do the intro and then immediately jump to, to the outro. <laughs> right. Or, or to, yeah. to the thing we forgot last time, which was Oblique Strategies. I can't believe we forgot it. Yeah, I know. But it had, it had been a few weeks since we did a real... Um, not normal, but uh, no, formulaic show, I guess. That's true. So we just we just forgot. But uh, eh, yeah, you know, we'll we'll ease back into that. No problems. Yeah. You know. All right, ready to ready to do the intro to this bad boy. Absolutely. Whenever you're ready. All right. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. Ooh, in three, two, one. Weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you White Denim, Friday Night Lights, Madeline Murray O'Hare, Towns Van Zant, Alex Jones, Casino El Camino, the Harry Ransom Center, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats. It's a slippery slope. The podcast with the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Hey, indeed. Hey. Yes, we are dazed and confused, definitely. So, wow. <laughs> and, so, uh, and our disclaimer, our disclaimer, we know life is shit, but we're going to keep doing this show anyway. <laughs> right? Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, we, we, hey, we've got nothing, nothing better to do, so why not? <laughs> we really don't. Right. Well, we had a little hiatus here too, uh, because you had the because as everyone knows, uh, Mark does all the technical stuff for this show. I just show up and start talking. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mark had some uh, technical issues with his with yeah. his computer and things, and, and, and so horrible, we got behind a little bit. Horrible computer crash, and was not able to do a standard restore. I basically had to reload all software back onto my laptop. Luckily, I was uh, able that's... to uh, use a um, USB uh, thumb drive version of Linux to uh, grab all important files off of my laptop and put it onto an external hard drive so that once I got all my software loaded back on, I could load back important files like episode 25, which hadn't been edited yet. That's the thing I was <laughs> frightened of the most is that episode 25 was going to be lost forever, but it wasn't. Right. I was able to transfer well, all good. that stuff. It was just the operating system took a shit, 
and yeah, what a pain in the ass. So yeah, it. Uh, oh, it sounds awful. Yeah, it slowed us down by <laughs> roughly a week. Um, about a, by about a week, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had kind of planned to do a show that w- where we would talk about a, a lot of Christmas things and mm-hmm. and post it right before Christmas, and then right. uh, we we thought about doing or I thought about doing a show like the the best of 2016 or the worst of 2016 or uh-huh. 2016 kind of a wrap up thing. Yeah. And, um, and do do it which would be posted right around the time this one gets posted so uh i i do have my one uh uh list you know i'm a lists person i create lists all the time i have a list of my top 10 favorite movies actually 13 i have a list of my favorite tv shows i have a list of the best songs i have a list i just have a you know the the bowie song i have a top 10 list of bowie songs i have i'm a list maker ah yeah. Uh, and so, so my I do have my list of the uh, uh, top ten worst fucking things that happened in 2016. Oh, okay. And, yeah. yeah. So the top top ten worst things that happened in 2016. Number one, of course, was Bowie dying. Yeah. And number two through t- number two through ten is Trump being elected. <laughs> oh well, yeah. That uh, <laughs> that definitely. Uh... Puts a huge damper on uh, a lot of people's lives. So, right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so I can't horrifying. think. Other than Bowie dying, I can't think of uh, eight other things, the nine other things that happened that were that were worse than Trump getting elected, um, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, so. I'm I'm 100 on board with that. Uh, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, and for all we know, that that could be the uh, the the number one. Horrible thing that happened in 2017, you know, is the the, it really the, the is. aftermath. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I. But yeah. Guess but we're what? Not doing we, politics on the show. So. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see. Oh boy. Part of me is. Uh, part of me is like you know. Obviously, America's a piece of shit because they elected him, and so America doesn't ex- deserve to exist, and so. I kind of hope he just burns the whole shit house to the ground, man. Oh, I know, but let's, we didn't let's do anything to deserve over. it. Well, yeah. we can just we well, you know, we we created a country where an asshole like that can become president. So obviously, that's not a good country. That's yeah. not a good plan for the way to run your country. And and uh, if anyone can can burn the motherfucker down, I think it's Trump. And and yeah. I think that's a good thing. I think we need to completely scrap America and start over. Wow, that's some that's some that's a heavy statement there, my friend. And uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, uh, yikes! Oh boy, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, no. I don't know. I, I'm not going to go there anymore. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to get depressed. So I'm I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to let I'm not going to yeah. let him have. I'm not going to let him have any more power over my moods. So here we go. Yeah. Well, that's, but, yeah, that's kind of why we're doing this show. We're not going to let him have the power over this show. And we're going to, even though life is shit, we're going to do the show anyway. Hell yeah. That's, we, yeah. We got to get t shirts <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we should. Yeah. Oh, man. So anyway, yeah, but uh, uh, speaking of, um, oh, I don't, I don't want to backtrack too much. But, uh, uh, oh, did you, oh, did you finish your top 10? Oh yeah, you did. You said yeah, there was, was number it, yeah. one, and then two through ten were, were yes. Trump. Okay, yeah. well that covers it pretty easily then. Yeah, that's 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 pretty accurate. So okay, so since you've covered that, 
I want I want to just reference back to the last episode, episode twenty five. I was uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of a it's kind of a correction on my part. I was saying that I I saw the uh, the uh, Netflix uh, series um, The Fall with uh, Jillian right. uh, 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 Anderson, and I said that right. the uh, season ended with the serial killer getting shot, but not knowing if he had lived or died. And I was completely wrong. And I was saying that a season two could be in the making, but actually. And I forgot this. It was like after that episode where the serial killer got shot, there were like, I think either one or two more episodes after that that tied everything up and it pretty much ended the story. So, ah, okay. but I don't want to give any details of that because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who may be interested in watching that show. So I just, want, inter- I just wanted to throw that correction in there. I think it's interesting that there are a lot of shows now um, – that are what what was commonplace in Europe, you know, almost many what we would call a mini series that were actually what Europeans would call a series that had a, a, a finite number of episodes. Yes. Um, and we see that more and more in American series. But then it also, we, you know, we juggle and mess with that. It's just like um, uh, I, I bought the DVD of the first season of True De- True Detective, right? The one with with um, Matthew McConaughey and yes, uh, Woody Harrelson, right? And I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. But um, you know, they did a season two that people did not like as much, right? It was, from what I understand, a completely different story. Yes, it was, and I saw both and, of them, and definitely the season one with Matthew McConaughey and, and uh, Woody Harrelson was definitely. Far superior to the second season that I, I can't even remember now. I'm, I think uh, I want to say Vince Vaughn, but it might have been. Oh, Vincent of course. D'Onofrio no, or... it, it was Vince Vaughn. That's right. Okay. And uh, I mean, it was it was, you know, it was okay, but it 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 didn't have the same uh, emotional impact that uh, the first season did. I mean, it was still well, yeah. it was still kind of entertaining to watch. It just. It seemed a little contrived at times, yeah. And it's been so long since I saw it, I, I, you know, I can't even specifically point out anything. It just, it didn't have the, uh, the, the impact that the first first season did. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, all I heard was how amazing the first season was, and I wanted yeah. to watch it for a long time. And the DVD was, you know, was like twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine dollars, mm-hmm. and um, it finally went down. I think it was on Amazon for. Uh, maybe 15 it may have been 18 i don't know it was under 20 and i was like all right fuck it i'm gonna buy it so i've got it and i just need to start watching it and, and right. binge it so i'll, I'll let yeah. you know what i think okay. about it but yeah second would, season uh, also had a uh, um uh john ritter's son what's he jason ritter in it is in season two. It was in of, season two. Of True Detective. Yes, I like him a lot. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, I I thought he was fine. I, I maybe it was just the uh, the character that Vince Vaughn played just seemed a little trite hmm. or overdone or uh, I don't know, but um, hmm. I mean, I I wouldn't tell people not to watch it. I mean, it's worth watching. It's just not as good as season one was. Well, one of the things I was getting to is, and now you're giving me six more things I want to say. No, that's okay. (laughs) One of the things I was getting to was um, 
apparently there's a rumor that there's going to be a season three and McConaughey and Harrelson are going to be back. Wow. But this... whether that's really Ooh. true or not, I don't know. I wonder, so, yeah. It, could they be coming back yeah. as the same characters? Did they? Did their characters even survive season one? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, so that's a good point. That'll be interesting. Hmm, yeah. That would be interesting if they did. If they did, but completely different characters, that would be interesting. Yeah, definitely would. So the other thing we were talking about, like uh, TV series that that kind of don't do the same thing, only have one season or have more than one season, but but they change. Like the other right. one I was thinking of is Far Fargo, you know, which had absolutely. Which, which, Mm-hmm. Which related to the second season related to the first season, but in 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 minor ways, in tangential ways, which was really interesting too. Right. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say is because you brought up Jason Ritter, and I do like him a lot. Okay. Uh, he's in my favorite short film of all time called PG, like the rating on a movie PG. Uh-huh. Um, and it's kind of, I think you can see it online, but it's kind of hard. Cause if you put in Jason Ritter PG, you, you know, it brings up other films and it's, it, you know, it's not a great name for search engines to find. Um, uh. But if you can find that short film and watch it, it's fucking amazing. It's, I, I don't know what it is about it that I like, Oh. Although at the time he made it, he was a, a new actor. He hadn't been in stuff, yet, and but I knew he was John Ritter's son. Ah, uh, okay. It's it's an amazing short film. I think we showed it on Luke TV. I that I mean it sounds familiar. Yeah, but I, I'd have to go back and <laughs> and see we, it. Been too we, long. We been... watched so many films. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and, and I, uh, oh, I, and I've shown that. I steered you wrong about True Detective. Is actually Colin Farrell playing that role. <laughs> Sorry. He's nothing like Jason uh, I know. Uh, Ritter. Well, I know. Jason? Josh? What's his, now what's his name? Jason Ritter? Jason, yeah. Is it Jason? Okay. Well, yeah. Sorry about well, that. I, you know, for some reason I, I, I saw his his face, but there was another show that was on around the same time that had Jason Ritter in it, and for some reason I got the two shows mixed up together. But it was actually Colin Farrell. Uh, was it Parenthood you were thinking of with Jason Ritter? No, no, he was playing a more okay. he was playing more of a, a a dark character on the run from the law, but I can't remember what that show was. But anyway, that's hmm. bes- that's beside the point. Uh, I'll have to think on that. Well, one. now I don't have to see True Detective season two because the only reason I would see it would be that he's <laughs> in it. I really. I'm not a big fan of Colin Farrell, and who was the other guy? Vince Vaughn. Neither one of those guys is yeah. enough to make me want to go see see something. Although right. I've liked Vince Vaughn and stuff. He's in a couple things where he's amazing. Um, uh, true, true. Swingers, yeah. obviously. Yeah, that movie he's in with Jennifer Aniston where they live together and they have oh, – I can't even remember what it's called. It was – it was promoted like kind of like a fun comedy with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston, but it was mm-hmm. really kind of dark and it was about relationships. I can't remember what, what that movie was called, but that's oh. actually a dark, interesting movie. Um, yeah, I recall that, but I, God, I can't remember what that, what it, what it was called. I can't remember. I can't remember if they were like roommates who fell in love or hmm. just exactly what the fuck happened in that, or, or they were, Lovers who moved in together and then became more like roommates, or yeah, I can't remember. But it that's a that's a really good movie and it's kind of dark and and not what you expect it to be. Um, and there are probably hmm. plenty of people who hate it, but I I thought it was really interesting. <laughs> um, 
Hey, I had a, a weird little moment on uh, Facebook earlier this week, a, a kind of a cool, weird moment. I uh, I follow Tim League on Facebook, you know, the guy who uh, – the founder and uh, still runs uh, the Alamo Draft House. Oh, okay. Here in right. Austin. Okay. You know, him and his wife, Carrie, Tim and Carrie League, started the Alamo Draft House. There are franchises of it now because they created a franchise system for it that somebody else runs – but he runs all the Alamos here in Austin, except for uh, one of them, I believe. Um, so he's oh. like the original Alamo guy, right. right? And I've only, I've only, I've, I've met Carrie many times, and she's a sweetheart. Um, and she had uh, uh, twin girls a few years ago, and so she doesn't really do as much with the business as she used to. But mm. Tim still is, it runs the Alamo on a daily basis. And, oh, um, okay. So he posted on Facebook that he thought this there's this new movie called La La Land and it has Ryan Gosling and I think Emma Stone. It's a musical. It's getting uh, crazy, amazing buzz. There's a lot of Oscar buzz about it. Have you seen the preview for it? Uh, La La Land. Talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds familiar, but I couldn't say that I've, I I can remember any of it. But uh, it, hmm. The preview just didn't make it seem like uh, just I don't know. I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is for people who liked Silver Linings Playbook. And in fact, uh. when when Tim uh, posted on Facebook that he really uh, liked La La Land and thought it was great and all that, I, I, I wrote on his page, this looks like a movie for people who like Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he, he, mm. wrote, he wrote back something like, Silver Linings Playbook is a piece of shit, and this <laughs> movie's great, trust me. Oh, and and okay. it was like, if you... If you go see it, and uh, here he's something like, I'll make you a deal. If you go see it and you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. And I was like, damn, Tim League, that's that's wow. an offer. That's That that tells me that this movie must be good yeah. because, um, I, you know, I take his opinion very seriously. Um, so I just thought it was neat because, I, like I say, I've only met Tim a couple times, but uh, I follow him on Facebook, um, and uh, it was really neat to, to get a response from him. That made me – I felt really cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that he's that responsive to, uh, you know – customers uh, inquiries or questions or complaints etc so not bad yeah he yeah. yeah he does you know alamo draft house in austin is an institution man um, absolutely they, when i first moved here and we went down on uh was it on guadalupe i believe yeah mm -hmm. to to see to see movies there oh man the first time i went there just amazing just amazed loved it i think the first thing i saw there was a midnight showing of escape from new york or escape from la with kurt russell oh really huh okay. yeah whatever the original one was <laughs> yeah I, gosh yeah uh yeah escape from new york would be the first one um so hmm yeah i can't even remember the first yeah. uh movie i saw at an alamo uh draft house cinema but uh you know as as far as we know, he pretty much invented the uh, that business model, at least here in the United States. Yeah, he really did. I mean, th there was no one doing uh, dinner in a movie, and now it's like a, you know, there's ten in every, well, not ten, but there's right. uh, in almost every major city, there's at least one chain that's doing dinner in a movie. Right. And, uh, you know, I, mean, I guess it's a concept you can't trademark or mm -hmm. or copyright or whatever, but. Nope. Uh, nobody does it better than Alamo as far as I'm concerned. Other people do it, and that's cool, but 
Yeah. There's a um there's a place here in Round Rock called Flix, which kind of tries right. to emulate that model. And, you know, it's okay, but it's, you know, it's just not got the same uh, feel as uh, an Alamo Draft House does. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then the there's, Alamo just has an inherent coolness about it. Absolutely. Know? And then there's one out towards um, Lake Travis on uh, 620 that uh, it's kind of real high end. And they've got, you know, r- um, electrically reclinable seats. Um, that's yeah, re- really that's fancy, but everything's pretty expensive. That's, that's the one we went to to see Joy, one of the worst movies uh-huh. I've ever seen in my fucking life. Uh, that movie was so horrible. I'll never so get horrible. I'll never get that two hours of my life back. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can uh, imagine drinking from a dirty mop bucket, that's what experience <laughs> the film Joy is like. It's like. It's like taking a drink from a dirty mop bucket. Wow. You're just going to feel shitty for a few <laughs> days afterwards. And it's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth that will really never go away. Mm. You'll always remember when you dra- took that sip out of the mop bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only, the, the only saving grace was that at that theater, the the food was good and, and you know, there, there was alcohol, so... <laughs> right, we had food and alcohol and recliners, right. and uh, yeah, and yeah. we and we got to watch a yeah. Lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it's funny because it it could have been a Lifetime movie, but it was like a Lifetime movie directed by someone who was trying to do something uh, dark and artistic, and it just didn't work. No, it was just it was like no. this is the wrong story to try and be dark and artistic with. Right, it needed. It could have been elevated. Someone like Ron Howard probably could have done that movie and made you riveted to your seat. Yeah. But uh, I think it's David O. Russell who directed it, and and he's a great director, and I love his work, Mm -hmm. but not that movie. Right. And and it's also made me hate that girl who's in it, uh, one of the Jennifers. I can't remember which one now. Right. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Right. Okay, now I hate her. Now I hate her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's the same one who did uh, Hunger Games. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Which so. I've never I've never seen that, so uh, you know, I like I I liked her in the Hunger Games. I mean, that's you know, was, uh, she she did well. And it's you know, it's an interesting in things. You know, it's an interesting story about a dystopian future, blah blah blah. She's also in um American Hustle, which I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And it's another one that people people say is great, but it just is kind of like silver linings playbook i look at it and go mm, i don't know no nah, american I hustle think, is really good didn't it win some academy it, awards it it did but you know um, shitty movies have won academy awards well that's true <laughs> good point I know it was at least nominated i think it did win right several but it, you and know it's one of those ones any mo- one day i'll probably see it but I, yeah i just haven't made a point of seeing it you should any movie with christian bale and it's a good movie usually well He's a douchebag too, in my opinion. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, I mean, on a personal level, that's that's probably true. But it, he he makes good choices when he decides to be in a movie. Right. Uh, I mean, I've certainly liked him in a lot of movies, especially his. Er, I mean, his earlier movies. I think is he in Memento? Uh, Christian Bale. I think he's in Memento. Yeah. I thought that was the other him. the other guy. Another guy. <laughs> Maybe uh, it is. I, I, uh, oh no, it's Guy Pearson. Right. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Is Christian Bale in Pie? Nope. That's uh, some unknown no. guy. 
He was in, did you ever see The Machinist with Christian Bale? Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, oh. that one I remember. I'm not a big yeah, that's a great movie. I'm not a big American Psycho fan, but I get uh, it and I get right. why people like it. And I know he's you know I've watched it. He's amazing in it, but that he's, movie's you know not for me. But well, he's such a method actor. I mean, God, for the machinist, how many he lost like forty pounds or something, if not oh, yeah. more. To a, to a, went down to a dangerous kind of weight. Oh my yeah. God, he he looked yeah. like a, a concentration camp victim. He was so skinny. Yeah. I mean, granted, well, now I've got to look him up. Yeah, I'm sure make they <laughs> you know they made him look even skinnier through you know, special effects or at least makeup effects to, you know, make his ribs appear more pronounced in his, uh, right. his clavicle hole, uh, a little deeper, um, all that stuff. So if there's a, if there's one thing I enjoy, it's <laughs> Christian Bale's clavicle hole. <laughs> that gets me hot. Gets me so hot. Oh my God. <laughs> um, well, I yes. wanted to Google him here, and my computer has completely died on me. So right, of course, Not my computer. But wasn't he also in Velvet Goldmine, Christian Bale? Yes, yes, yes. He plays the. Doesn't he play the? The. Bo- he plays I'm trying the. Trying to bring he, up my. He plays the narrator, sort of. Is he the Bowie character? Because Ewan McGregor no. is the is the is he the Iggy character, and Ewan McGregor is the Bowie character. Um. I can't believe. I thought Christian Bale played the kind of the the protagonist who kind of is walking through this this world. Um, oh, is he the one that is like the fan? Yes, he's the fan. Right, that's what I'm mm, saying. He's okay. he was he's the not the narrator, but the yeah the kind of the the vehicle through which you know the story is told through his eyes, so to speak. Right. Right. I've right. I think you're right. Yeah. It, that's a movie that I love and I've watched it a couple times. I have it on DVD, but I don't remember much about it. Yeah. Other than it's it starts with Eno's needles in the camel's eye and with kids right. running and it's mm-hmm. amazing, but Yeah. Um th- Yeah, it's an amazing movie. They they wanted to use some Bowie tunes in there, but they couldn't but Bowie wouldn't give them the rights. Um, yeah. I I saw um the guy who directed it, um uh, oh, what's his name? Todd Haynes, um, mm-hmm. whose work I adore. Every movie that Todd Haynes has ever made is amazing. I saw him at a Q and A, and uh, yeah, after they showed actually at one of the film festivals here in Austin, it was one of the more underground festivals. They showed his um, his um, Karen Carpenter story made with Barbie dolls. You know? Oh, and, um, he did that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so they showed that, and I think they showed a couple other short films that he made when he was younger. And um, he did a Q&A, and uh, they, someone asked him about Velvet Goldmine and Bowie, and all he would say was, I'm just saying, man, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> oh. oh. So, oh. yeah. So well, yeah. Bowie must have uh, been, you know, which, you know, Bowie can be fickle, so or could be, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Velvet Goldmine, American Psycho, and then there was a movie called Laurel Canyon that he was in as well. Hmm. Machinist, and then of course the Batman movie, right? Uh, the Prestige. Oh. The Prestige with with Bowie. Right. That's true. As, yes. As Tesla. <laughs> as Nikolai yeah. Tesla. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was a great role for Bowie. 
Oh man, he's amazing in that. That's mm-hmm. that. Well, no, Man Who Fell to Earth is really his penultimate oh, performance. But absolutely, but, right? Of course. Um, that and um, uh, um, Tesla in the Prestige and um, Bas- playing um, Warhol in Basquiat. Yes. Um, are three of my favorite Bowie performances. What about uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence? He played a, you know, he, a, a, a prisoner of war or something. Yeah, I've never actually seen that movie. I'm not it's sure that I have either. <laughs> it's it's Criterion Collection, but it's like, oh. you know, to get it on DVD is like 25 bucks, and I'm waiting for wow. Criterion to have another sale, and then that's on my list. Okay. Um, what, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Mr. Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. one of the only Bowie films I, that I haven't seen. I've actually yeah. even seen uh, just a Gigolo, which is really hard to see, and um, and it's not good at all. But I'd <laughs> loved. I saw it's it. It's hard to see in in several ways. Then, in many ways, yeah. <laughs> um, that made me think of the. The Mitch Hedberg thing. I was walking down the street. I saw this record store. It said hard to find records. I went inside. Nothing was alphabetized. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, that reminds I, me of the uh, your trip uh, to uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Your trip and you stopped at some record store and nothing was <laughs> – everything was in stacks. Oh, yes. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> what that record store is called now. Oh, wow. Um, but that was the living yeah. em- embodiment of <laughs> – that joke. It kind of was, <laughs> although there stuff there was alphabetized in some way. There oh, was just right. so much of it. You right. you would have had to, you know, if you really wanted to find something that was uh, maybe they only had one or two copies of, you would have to probably ask someone where exactly would I find. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and the cabinet on top the of the toilet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh my God! I'm sure there were records there too. I didn't even go to the bathroom wow. there, but I bet there were records in there somewhere too, or something. That's probably where they kept the eight tracks or something. Oh, there you go. Um. Or or just <laughs> records where they had you know multiple multiple copies of. Right. Yeah. All, all the uh, overflow copies were in there. <laughs> ah, because it's a bathroom. Ah, overflow. Hey, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Browner, we have gone down the slipperiest of slopes here. I don't I even know. remember where we started. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh, we started with with Tim Lee and uh, La La Land, and somehow we were way down here in a record store in Cleveland or Pittsburgh. I can't even remember right. which place it was in. Now I think it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, oh man, yeah, that some, was a slope. Right. I blame Christian Bale for that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to blame Jennifer Lawrence. I hate her more. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That. Wow. Yeah. It's too bad we we even mentioned um, uh, Joy. <laughs> I know we spent time on that movie. Well, the one good thing about mentioning Joy that that I was gonna I was gonna have to backtrack to it because you know remember when we saw Joy the next day mm-hmm. you me and Sierra went to the Alamo Draft House Ritz and saw uh, Hateful Eight in seventy millimeter. Right. Yeah. That that it was ma- the very next. Mm-hmm. That made up for all the suffering that we. <laughs> Yeah. We, uh, oh, yeah. We, we had uh, the day before, definitely. So. Yeah, because and the reason I bring it up is because I watched it on I got it on DVD and watched it uh, within the last couple of weeks again. Oh. And it's it's so fucking good. Yeah. I love that movie. I mean, it's 
I I had forgotten a lot of the stuff that happened in it. Um, mm-hmm. The thing where they're where they're always kicking the door open. You gotta kick it in. Right. <laughs> and then so and then frantic funny. and then frantically nail it shut again. Yeah. That, that yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Have um, me that nail. Oh uh, wow. yeah. I mean, just the kind of thing that that's the kind of thing that. You know, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Tarantino stole that from somewhere. Who knows? But it's just so goddamn funny. Yeah. Nobody else would do that in that movie in a movie like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just seems like the kind of thing that you, you know, it, it's it all. It's so out of place and random that it mm-hmm. becomes an integral part of the movie. And it, it, and it, it does. Really does that is some the reason things are that way or are there's a reason that's that comes back later anyway ah right it's an amazing movie right and well, and i had forgotten too go ahead well it, it it also because of that door nailed shut it gives you a, a feeling of of being uh trapped even more right uh, to the right. whole feel of this feeling mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. right you know i was i was talking to a friend of mine about it recently and he's seen it and he he's just like i there's a scene where they run a rope to the outhouse because the blizzard is so heavy they want uh, yes they w- want you they want there to be a rope that you can follow back to the inside yes and that goes on for probably two minutes they're outside in the snow mm-hmm. uh, setting up that rope and a friend of mine that watched it was like i just didn't get that it went on for two fucking minutes there's <laughs> i'm like but it 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 shows you how horrible it is outside right that they're gonna have to to you do that and it makes it so when you're inside the cabin, you you can remember what's going on outside at all times. You mm-hmm. you know it's crazy. You know there's a reason these guys can't leave that cabin uh, right. and just get away from what the fuck's going on. Right. So, I mean, staying out there for know, for extended period of time, it's it would be certain deaths. So you know that there there there's a reason why they're really all trapped in there. Yep. Stuck in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I had forgotten how amazing. Uh, Walt Goggins is in that movie. Walt Goggins. What does he Remember, play? He he plays the uh, he's kind of a little pissant southern boy. His dad uh, ran some kind of uh, Confederate brigade. Um, brigade. Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. he's the he's 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 the main character that that uh, uh, and he's a racist and he's a little asshole and right. Okay. And he's, He's so great in that movie. I'm furious that he didn't get nominated for an award because yeah, well. he makes that movie, in my opinion. You know, yeah, awards, awards, whatever. But they I mean, are a recognition of good work. Well, that's true. I mean, you know, it, it's nice to see somebody who does a good job, at, you know, be recognized for it. But you know, I'm p- yeah, I just. I just mm-hmm. thought he was amazing in that, and it's like you've and he's a guy that you've seen in a lot of stuff, but he's never the star. He's always like a secondary character, and uh-huh. he's always great. And he just kind of gets a chance to kind of be the star in 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 that in Hateful Eight, and he's amazing in it. And he, you know, um, I was looking up stuff about him online, and I had totally forgotten he's in this short film that won an Academy Award that I uh, saw uh, at the Austin Film Festival, I believe, called The Accountant. has nothing to do with the um, the movie with uh, Fuckhole in it. What's that fuckhole's name? 
Ben <laughs> Affleck. Oh, okay. It has nothing to <laughs> has nothing to do with the movie Ben Affleck is in. It's it uh, it's been a long time since I saw it, but uh, it's called The Accountant, and I think you can even get it on DVD. And um, I I I do believe that's one that that I saw as a screener when I was screening films for the Austin Film Festival, and I was like, uh, it, it's a short film and it's like 45 minutes long, mm-hmm. but this is a really great short film, and we ended up showing it, and then it ended up winning an Academy Award. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't really call the accountant. Yeah. And I, th- the accountant, yeah. And wow. I do think right. I met him at the Austin Film Festival. Um, I feel like he came down for the Austin Film Festival, and I got to meet him uh, because it's him and someone else who did that movie. They were the main two guys. They put it together. They acted oh. in it. It's really great. Wow. So, okay. Anyway, what's the guy's name again? Walt Goggins. Walt Goggins. Okay. Yeah, I think in Hateful Eight, it's actually he's listed as Walter Goggins, but okay. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah, Hateful Eight. If you haven't seen it, I mean, I can't imagine why anyone who loves Tarantino hasn't seen it already. Right. But if if you you know if if you haven't seen it, uh, especially if you've liked other Tarantino movies, uh, it's just as good as anything else he's done, in my opinion, and better than some of the stuff he's done. Although I like everything he's done, so. Right. I would agree. And, you know, it's so difficult for a movie that takes place in one location, pretty much the entire film. It's really difficult to pull off unless you've got, you know, a really good script. And this is a really good script. Right. You know, I've seen I've seen a lot of movies that try to pull that off and fail miserably. You know, the only other movie I can think of that's like that would be like Hitchcock's Lifeboat. You ever seen that? Right. Oh, yeah. You know. I actually saw it for the first time within the last six months. Oh, no kidding. Wow. But, I mean, you know, yeah, the, I, the whole I, thing takes place on a raft, and uh, right. that's hard to pull off unless you've got a really good script. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. You're right. It's funny because I actually had that on my list of – sometimes I'll put things on a list of things I want to talk about on the show, mm-hmm. and I had put that on my list because I had always wanted to see it and never saw it, and finally it was on um, Turner Classic Movies one night at of a course. time that was just perfect for me to watch it. Yeah. Good. And hmm. I finally got to watch it, and I was like, wow, th- this is as good as people say. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and like, definitely. yeah, you know, I, I know some people aren't uh, like to down Hitchcock, but I think most of his movies are really interesting and great. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, that's certainly one of his best, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been years, I mean, probably decades since I've seen that, but uh, I, it still sticks in my brain. It's It was that good. I, you know, I was probably, you know, I, I, I was probably 13 years old the last time I saw it. So wow, obviously it's, it's, it's stuck with me, yeah. Uh, because though, it's funny because I saw... Mm-hmm. I saw it for the first time like six months ago, and I wow. I remember little bits and pieces, but I don't remember it, you know, vividly. And you've probably seen it, you know, it's been thirty years since you saw it, and you probably know it more, remember it more vividly than I do. Well, I I don't know. It's more impression, you know, impressions, right? Than than actual scenes per se, or but you know, being that it all takes place on a lifeboat, you, how, how do you even call them scenes? It's it's right, almost yeah, like yeah. a maybe it was the the precursor to rope in the sense right. that it's I mean, like think, one seems like a one long take, but I don't think it is. I, th- I think there are some some obvious cuts. 
in um, uh, Lifeboat. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Ti- definitely. And, and elapses um, in time. Right. Good, good yeah. shit. Good yeah. shit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Rope is a great movie too. But when you watch uh, Rope, you know that it it's a gimmick kind of the way it's filmed, and it doesn't make it a bad film. It's mm-hmm. just sometimes to me the gimmick of it distracts you, but it's still a great movie. You, it's it's still easy to get into. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. To be Interesting sure. Interesting characters. And right. and yeah, I mean, uh, Rope and Lifeboat. Not only you know are they filmed really well in a in a even though there's one setting, they're both filmed really well and interesting and totally captivating movies. Mm-hmm. And um, they both also you know have a lot to do with psychology. Uh, you know, oh. there, the, there's a lot in there's a lot in Lifeboat about you know there's a German. Right. Take on a German guy yeah. that's with them, and and how the, how different people want to treat him, and what mm-hmm. he you know, and there's a whole plot about it, and it's really interesting because you get really in both those movies, you get really captivated by the psychological aspect of it, and and the characters, um, and and so the 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 fact that they're in the same setting the whole time right. becomes kind of easy to let that melt away because you know if it's if it's eight people in a lifeboat and they're boring as fuck well that <laughs> right just bickering or whatever mm-hmm. that's not going to be a great movie no not but at all that's life, what i'm saying that other other films have attempted to to do that type of uh, uh setting and it failed miserably and i couldn't right, necessarily yeah. mention any of them because they're completely forgettable but uh, the ones right. you, the, the ones that are memorable, yeah, you can point them out uh, pretty easily, like we were saying. Right. I think that happens a lot of times when stage plays get transferred to film or, or ah, right. films get made based on stage plays. And yeah. then there's uh, – if they don't open it up outside of the one setting of the play, mm-hmm. those, those films can be very kind of – but claustrophobic um, yeah and, and just, but and, but not and a good boring. way mm-hmm. yeah right. claustrophobic in and a boring think, way yeah right <laughs> and i think that you know a lot of times when there are films like that you'll know you know the the screenwriter will really open it up into other settings um because they have to or it just can get too too kind of okay too stagey i guess really. yeah stagey stagnant yeah. all those st words <laughs> stifling <laughs> so yeah and, but not but not stunning not stunning. no not stunning cool well, hey yeah uh, um i wanted to talk to you about um uh dirk gently did you did you have a chance to get all the way through dirk gently no i haven't i've ah, been uh, okay. i've been stuck i've been stuck not you know, getting sidetracked by other things like, uh, well, the the OA computers crashing and well and, and that well that too yeah just holiday planning and figuring things out and uh, other things. I'm planning a uh, a, you, a hike after Christmas. A hike? Yeah, I was planning on doing a hike around Lake Georgetown after Christmas. Well, like a couple of days after Christmas, it's like 26 miles. Oh, how? 26 oh, miles all, all the way around Lake oh. Georgetown. And, why, laddie, why? And bringing, <laughs> yeah, I know, backpack with a tent and a sleeping bag. And I don't know, just to get away for a while, kind of decompress, get out of get out of town for a while. 
But, How uh, long do you think it will take you to hike 26 miles? I mean, uh, I know that's not a... I was hoping uh, two days. Oh, uh, you're going to stop in the middle somewhere and like camp or something? Yes, that's why I'm bringing in a tent, packing in a tent and a sleeping bag. Specifically bought a very lightweight, what they call a hiking tent that uh, you know only one person can fit in. And, uh, and a sleeping bag and a, a, a air mattress, things like that, and, and some beef jerky and some trail mix. And uh, where's where's Sierra gonna be while you're doing this? Is she just gonna uh, stay at home? Well, she's gonna be at work because she'll be back at work. Oh. Th- those, but uh, I, I'm still taking vaca- vacation days. So, and uh, actually, my uh, friend Wayne from uh, um, well, you met Wayne before. He was uh, he was right, in, yeah. he was in the wedding. Uh, with you, he was one of the the groomsmen, and uh, mm-hmm. so so he's gonna he's gonna drive in from Houston. And we're gonna gonna do that, and so hopefully we can actually make the whole circle of the lake. We'll see how that goes. I'm I'm a little concerned because the weather is showing that it's gonna be rainy those two days. So um yeah, right. I'm a little worried. Hopefully the forecast will change between now and then, and it won't be the case. Hopefully it'll be sunny or just partly cloudy with no rain but uh, right i mean anyway. certainly um certainly possible yeah mm-hmm. um but interesting huh yeah so so you uh, you mentioned that you've been watching the oa which is a new new uh series on netflix yes it is a netflix original series the oa and uh does the oa stand for something what does the o and the a stand well for? that's a very good question and uh as, <laughs> as far as we know we haven't been clued in on to what uh oa stands for uh other than mm. the the main character in the story refers to herself as the oa and uh it's very, very mysterious. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of unanswered questions. Of course, I'm only one or two episodes in, but uh, the whole story starts off with this uh, young twenty-something woman uh, running across a, a traffic-jammed bridge in a nightgown, sitting up on the rail of the bridge and then jumping into the water. Uh, and she's, you know, it's one of those very tall bridges like the, you know, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge or something. That's the impression that I got. It was like that size of a bridge, you know, the, where the fall could kill you, you know. Hmm. She survives and ends up in the hospital. And the doctor says, well, it's lucky you went feet first. Otherwise, you're, you know, you would have died from internal injuries. So anyway, a little later, her parents show up at the hospital and it turns out she's been missing for seven years. And when her parents come in, she doesn't recognize them because hmm. when she went missing, she was blind. Yet, now that she's returned seven years later, she can see. And uh, hmm. the, only, the only way she recognizes her mother is her mother comes up to her and she touches her face and she's like, oh, mother, and hugs her. And uh, so it's very... Very mysterious, and uh, so the the so, w- once she gets out of the hospital and uh, goes home, the police come to her house and they they want to get information. They're like, "Well, you know, you've been missing for seven years. Who abducted you? How did you escape?" And she she was very vague about any information of how you know where she was being held captive and 
who was holding her. And so she pretty much is just a, a dead end for the police. And so, you know, she goes, uh, you were about to ask me a question. Go ahead. So I'm guessing then she must be around uh, like 18, 17 years old. Uh, no, she's How- probably in her early to mid 20s. So so she's been missing since she was a, an older teenager. Um, you know, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe early, okay. maybe early teens, you know, they don't say exactly how old she she is, you know, she, they just okay. say, from what I can tell, she's in her 20s, but they're not very clear, but she was obviously, yeah, still living at home at the time, so, you know, she could have been, right. I guess she could have been as young as 13 when she went missing. Um, well, the reason I ask is because there's a young person in that many in that show who's uh-huh. a um like a transgendered person okay um although i that i don't think that and i i'll be honest i don't know if it's a, a a person who identifies as male or female but i know she's young like like 13 12 right and, i i know the character that you're talking about and i'm and i was looking oh, at the character going wow i i'm not sure if it's a a young boy tr- trying to be feminine or if it's a girl who's uh, early teen girl who is trying to be more masculine because she has a you know a short cropped haircut right um, which so. i think kind of too was the, you know that's very reminiscent of of the character 11 in stranger things although ah. you know she was played by a female at first they right. thought it was a boy because mm-hmm. her hair was cut so short so i think that's why one of the reasons that these two shows have been mentioned together a lot um right i was just curious i thought i thought maybe that young transgendered person played the girl no uh, as as okay so she's not playing the character as a no. young girl before she was abducted yeah no flashbacks or something no okay, no that's, that's not the okay yeah the the girl who calls herself the OA. Her real name before she went missing was Prairie Johnson. And her her mother and father, you know, they're, they're calling her Prairie and she's going, no, I'm the OA. You know, and everybody who talks to her, who calls her Prairie, she's like, I'm the OA. Uh, so it's what, I'd what OA means? I'd change my name yeah, yeah, yeah Prairie's a pretty name. Prairie too. Yeah, that's a pretty horrible oh, name, horrible. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One interesting thing is that the guy who plays her father is uh, Scott Wilson, who played um, Herschel on The Walking Dead. Oh wow! Yeah, the farmer, the farmer guy who lost his yeah. lost a leg. Um, yeah. So that was kind of an interesting surprise to see him reappear on a new show. So it's good to yeah. good to see he's 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 working. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah but I mean, um, the, but the uh, the the actress who's playing the OA, she's kind of a very enigmatic person, like Eleven was on uh, Stranger Things, definitely. Right, so, but, but not not the young. OA is the mm-hmm. OA is set set in modern times. Yes, yes. Set in current times. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I I really want to see it. Right there, there are some. Well, I, I I don't want to give away any spoilers. There's some flashbacks, uh, but uh, now I can't I can't I won't say any more. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. But uh, I mean that's cool. I yeah, I appreciate that. Right. <laughs> what's interesting that she comes back, you know, to her and is living with her parents, and her parents are concerned about her mental health and uh, are trying to limit her uh, internet access and. You know, making sure that she doesn't lock her door because they're, you know, concerned that she may 
I don't know, do something to herself. And she, um, it it, it kind of gets revealed that maybe she wasn't necessarily held against her will somewhere because she, she keeps mentioning this person named Homer that she misses. And it's almost like she was in love with and that uh, uh, maybe the people who she was staying with or was, was a captive of all of a sudden left one day and now she wants to find them again and so so finally she talks to one of the uh, the neighborhood high school boys who helps her get a uh, a wireless router uh, for her computer her you know seven-year-old computer is like one of the old uh, it's an old Apple computer but obviously it still worked and, <laughs> uh, and so she got one of the neighbor high school boys who also happens to be the the high school bully and uh, a very unlikable character at first but uh, he's he's in the process of changing to be a, a nice person and he's uh, going to help her so you know what what she and she's attempting to do something uh, she needs to get five people to help her do something. So she conscripts four misfit high school kids and a frumpy older high school teacher to help her in a secret task, beginning by telling them about all of her past experiences and deaths. Hmm. So they're like, what? Okay, <laughs> what, what's going on here? What do you mean? All because she mentions at one point that she's died many times, so it's uh, that's that's the big mystery. What the hell is she talking about? What does she mean? She's died many times, and what the hell is going on? So wow, it's definitely interesting, and uh, I'm looking yeah, forward. Yeah, it seems to, like uh, a lot of stuff for two episodes, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That right. seems real. Yeah. That's, I'm already interested. Yeah. Right. I, I will tell you one thing, and uh, she's she uh, she does manage to get those five people together in a in the attic of an abandoned house, uh, and they're all sitting around in a circle, and she's got candles uh, lighting up the room, and uh, she begins to tell them a story of her early life as the child of a Russian oligarch in the 1980s. So, <laughs> and they're and they're in like nineteen eighties. Yeah, in the nineteen eighties, and they're like bullshit. And she's like, just just listen, let me tell you the story, and in time you'll understand. And so, that's uh, that's about as much as I can tell you without start starting to uh, go into spoiler territory. Because wow, there's a lot going on there, man. Oh that hell is yeah, a lot of stuff. It's like yeah, wow. I mean, it's like where did this come from? Um, I uh, the, the the actress who plays the OA or Prairie Johnson, whatever you want to call her, her name is Britt Marling. I don't know if you've ever heard of her before. Uh, I don't think so. I'm not sure I've ever seen her in anything before myself. So a really good actress. Uh, she plays the, she plays the part to a T. Uh, very. Hmm very otherworldly is is a good way hmm. of describing the way she acts so I'm curious to find out what OA stands for yeah that sounds yeah. really interesting that's got mm-hmm. me hooked see that yeah. sounds way to me that sounds way more interesting than stranger things um, um we'll see you know oh also this yeah, this yeah. brit marling she's also one of the co-writers of the the show as well so Oh wow! Yeah. Interesting. Uh huh. 
So. Wow. Well, hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely on my list. Of, I've heard people talking about it, and it's one of those ones. It's like Jesus. I I need to see this before uh, everyone else has seen it, and I'm the <laughs> only one who hasn't. And, right. And somebody tells me more tells me more than I want to know, which right. you didn't. So that's cool. You just got me. Yeah. You just whetted my appetite. So that's yeah. nice. I got you hooked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to tell you about Dirk Gently. I know you haven't finished watching it, and I don't. I don't want to spoil. You know, we always spoil. We always do spoilers on this show without doing any kind of uh, uh, disclaimer. But um, even if you did do some spoilers, uh, you know, I would still watch it, so I wouldn't worry too much. Well, here's my complaint about it. I think it's eight episodes in the season one here. Okay. I don't think it's ten. I think it was eight episodes, and mm-hmm. it you know it moves along at a at its own pace for all of the episodes until the very end, and then uh... at the very end they just spew out all this stuff that. If you aren't paying attention, it's like, oh, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. And you're like, wait a minute, what, what, what? And Hmm. so if if you're watching it on TV like I did, and I don't have a way to rewind on my TV, uh, Uh it it just went real fast. And I was like, so completely one of those things where, especially the last episode, you're going to want to watch it more than once probably, or at least parts of it, because they start throwing stuff out and you get really lost. I still don't know exactly what happened. Well, you can come Um, over to uh, our house at some point in time, and uh, yeah, we've got, we can either watch it on Apple TV or or we even have... I think the last three episodes on our DVR. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I've watched some episodes. I missed a couple episodes and was able to watch them on the BBC's uh, website, BBC TV's website. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if they're still up and I know you had to wait at least a week. I had to wait until a week after it had aired on TV for it to be available. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. so my, that, that, um, my other complaint is that um, it, it, I guess there's going to be a season two because because the end of it leads directly to uh, a, a season two. It doesn't wrap everything up. It wraps everything up and then it doesn't. Oh, so, OK. Um, so it's definitely a to be continued kind of ending okay. at the end of season one. Um, but interesting enough to where, yeah, I'm 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 in for season two. Cool. Um, so, I, I'm ready to watch more. So. All right. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Douglas Adams, uh, Dirk Gently, is that a series of books or is it just one novel? I know there's at least two. Okay. I looked on, on Wikipedia and I think there's only two novels, but I could be wrong. There could be more uh-huh. or there could be short stories or or one of the one or two of the books may have more than one case in them. Not hmm. quite sure. Okay. Um, and it's funny too because it's been done as a series before. It was done as a series on the BBC not that long ago, like maybe seven, eight years ago. Oh, really? But only, hmm. yeah. But they they opted. They only did a few episodes, and then for some reason, oh, it had something to do with BBC's. Um, they had a, a TV channel that I uh, I guess was they decided to do something else with that channel and rather than move Dirk Gently to another channel they yeah. just stopped doing them. Oh um, how weird, huh? Yeah. So it's been done at least one time before as a TV series. It's been done as a stage play. Um. So. Oh. It's that was kind of odd to read about, but yeah, hmm. you can get on Wikipedia and read more about it. Um, but I, I know in the what I read, I I remember seeing at least two books, 
Um, okay. And there may be more in it. I just couldn't see. So. All right. Um, and then I know we wanted to talk about The Walking Dead. Right. Yeah. But since, I got to tell you. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that. I don't care too much. <laughs> okay. We don't care too much. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, we we, we could just mention that we yeah uh, we uh, we're a little behind, uh, obviously, uh, as far as recording this podcast in relation to when the last the 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 season the mid season finale actually aired. So you know, probably at this point, nobody even cares. Um, <laughs> others. Well, than- it's. Uh- I mean, in some ways, I like that because definitely we can't spoil it for anybody. Well, that's um, true. Who, who really cares about the show? Yeah. Um, or who, or who watches the show religiously, or whatever you want to say. But right. You know, the mid-season finale ended with more pointless deaths that were just stupid. Yeah. Olivia uh, got shot in the face. Uh, yeah, Spencer got gutted. <laughs> right. Um, just, just, just fucking pointless, dumb fucking shit. Like, like it's been all season. Um, right. And, and then, of course, they all meet up at the end, and it's like, let's go get this knee in, fucker. Right. So of course, it's you like, know the whole. It's like, hey, we're getting the band back together. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, this whole season of pissing you off with this horrible Negan character has been just so that we can turn around and go get his ass, which <laughs> we all knew was going to happen anyway. Right. Um. So I mean, in, you know, I don't know if, unless they can pull something really well, surprising out. I think I think maybe the 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 one thing is is that you know all of these individual characters went off on their own thinking that they were going to solve all the problems individually and then finally they've come to the realization that it's going to take a combined effort a concerted effort and not just that group you know it's going to take collaboration between them and well, and hilltop was... and the kingdom and the yeah. uh, the the island ladies whatever they're called the beachside yeah. or whatever lesbian uh, central yeah um, I just, so. I guess, you know, the main thing was they had to get Rick on board, and I guess maybe now they've got Rick on board. So right, he's got his, he's I got his, know. he's got his Python pistol back. So yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, you know, like I always say, I watch the show. I'm not gonna stop watching the show. Right. I like watching it and bitching about it, but I'm just like, <laughs> eh, yeah. You know, can well, we, can he... we kill Negan and get the fuck on with the show? <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's. That's what you get when you got a TV series based on a graphic novel or comic book, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. And uh, you yeah. Know, and they and they have strayed from the comic book to some degree, but you know they're still right. still yeah. kind of tied to the, the 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 arc the the ultimate arc of the comic book. I mean, if Negan's not going to finger Carl's eye hole, then I'm really I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be kind of funny, you know. Yeah, I think that would. I mean, I, you know, I certainly liked the dynamic between Negan and Carl because that was interesting, at least, even yeah. though it was because Carl really hasn't been exposed to anyone mm-hmm. that kind of greasy, right? Um, and and so their dynamic was really interesting. Uh, they could have done a lot more with it than they did, but right. Um, I, I you know I thought it was 
uh, some people I read some things online where people were talking about, well, it was really interesting to, you know, that Carl, you know, Carl is kind of a badass and he, he, is. he thinks his dad is a being a pussy and he and he really might, you know, he, it could be easy for Negan to win him over. Um, True. You know, uh, so there, they could have done a lot of interesting things with it, but I, I don't think I think all that's in the past now and now it's just going to be the revenge um, right, because episodes the, coming up. Yeah, the whole Negan Carl arc is pretty much over at this stage, you know. Right. If they're you know if they're ready to start kicking ass, um, you know I would I, I would have thought it'd be interesting to see Negan you know manipulate Carl a little more by you know I mean Carl's uh you know he's he's a teen with hormones now I mean he could have manipulated him a lot more. With his uh, his harem, you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, um, let's face it. If this show was realistic in any way, shape, or form, him and Carl would be DP in one of those bitches. We know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so giving I mean, you giving know, each other high fives, <laughs> right? Right. While they while they DP some one of his wives, exactly. Um, right. Y- you know. Um, but that you know i don't know it, it, that show's not going to go i mean it's a show on television it can only go so far right but yeah but, you know i mean it, it would be really great if it was a show on something like uh hbo and of course they would have to make carl 18 but uh, you know well true it'd be great if it was if they could go a little further because that's an interesting story arc because carl has been raised in a world of nothing but zombies so he deals Mm -hmm. you know he's not a normal teenager by any means true he's killed people he's killed his mother for god's sakes and yeah you know and he he has this definitely has this interesting struggle based on a perverted sort of teen angst where he can't decide if he wants to be a good person or a bad person. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and, know, and you know what I mean? What I mean is, yeah, and what does that mean in the in the world that they're currently living in, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, he has to be both. He has to be a badass and a nice guy, yeah. kind of like his dad. And um, Exactly. And he, he's still kind of, he knows, you know, it's one of those things where you know he knows that, but he's still got to figure it out for himself so right i think that uh, maybe that's the whole struggle of of people living in there how do you how do you remain tough and strong yet still hold on to your human humanity humanity yeah i wish the show was a lot more about that that's a great theme for the show and they neglect it too often yeah and, i mean they, they go in Sure, they touch on it, and 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 it's it still runs. The theme still runs through. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's it doesn't seem to be the the main thrust. I mean, yeah. Perhaps if they did make it the main thrust, it would be too obvious and and well, preachier tr- or yeah something. You know, right? I just think they could do a better job of keeping that on the on the subtext mm, uh, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. lot more, you know, somehow, I don't know. It would take more skillful writers than they have. That's for sure. Well, yeah, probably so. In my, in my opinion, uh, okay. just my opinion here, folks. Sure. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
No hate mail. <laughs> so we just we just delete hate mail anyway. So oh yeah, um, that's true. That's true. So, so I know we're we're running long. I just have a couple other things I want to talk about. Unless there's anything else you wanted to hit on. Um, I don't know. I pretty much covered everything. I think the only thing I wanted to talk about was the OA and and my little hiking excursion that I'm going on. Oh uh, yeah, that's. I'll be interested to see how that goes. How if if you're able to do it because of the weather and yeah, and if you are, what the experience is like. So right. Snapchat know. that by the way. If you're gonna do that, would you Snapchat it? Sure. I'll, I'll I'll do you know uh, I just or take hope pictures or I hope, whatever yeah I just hope a cell signal is good out there I think it is because um, it's not really that far out of out of Georgetown really so uh, it's yeah and there are a lot yeah. of neighbor and there are neighborhoods around there uh, so I don't think right. that should be a problem yeah yeah one would presume you're not too far out in the wilderness but. You no. never know. I mean, you feel so, like you okay. are when you're, you know, on certain parts of the lake. It it feels like, uh, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. But um, in reality, there are, there are neighborhoods not that far away. So I I assume right. cell coverage is probably really good. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring uh, an extra external battery pack so I can keep my cell phone charged up. So shouldn't be a problem cool mm-hmm. cool well then yeah and then too you can uh you can always if your cell has power but no signal you can always take pictures and then well that's true later so well that's true Good that would point. be cool too yeah yeah i'll do that i'll, I'll do so, s- definitely pictures and and possibly video as well so cool mm-hmm. cool yeah. Um, so one of the other shows I watched recently that I've talked about on here was is the show Eyewitness that was on USA Network. That's the one with the – it was kind of a police procedural, but it mm-hmm. had this thing with two teenage boys who right. were kind of falling in love, and one of them was kind of closeted, and the other one wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, – that's one that definitely wrapped up in ten episodes. I don't if there's a if there's any oh. I don't think there can be a season two to it unless the the police woman's character she had a history, but she kind of made peace with her history at the end of the show. I mean, unless something uh, uh-huh. I mean they could they could do a season two on it, but I just don't think that's where they're headed with it. It it seemed to be wrap it seemed to wrap itself up at the end. Okay. Um, okay. But it it just the main thing I wanted to say was it ended really nicely with the with the two uh, young characters uh, the two okay. young gay characters kind of the one who was kind of closeted mm-hmm. I mean like it's it's really it's always interesting to me because we live in a day and an age now where people who are closeted are cl- are not closeted because the world is going to hate them yeah uh, al- although that happens but I mean sure. the, for gay youth for gay youth now the main thing is accepting yourself that seems to be the hardest part of it uh, now. Uh-huh. And that was kind of what he was going through. You know, one of the characters is kind of going through that thing of of accepting himself and realizing that his friends are not going to hate him. His dad is not going to hate him. You know, he can be who he is and it's not going to uh, it's not a secret he needs to keep. Mm. But he just, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was it was mainly about him accepting himself. Um, Okay. uh, In the in the um, in the framework of a police procedural wow that's <laughs> but, um, wild it was it me, was not i mean not go ahead let me ask you this um was mm-hmm. one of the boys a suspect in the crime 
kind of only because they witnessed the crime and they wouldn't oh, come forward okay. because they were together and didn't want to tell anyone. And that's a really okay. That was, that was really kind of a bogus, kind of a shady way to to make it something. I mean, they could have told without saying they were together having sex, but right. whatever. Um, but so yeah, that was part of it was that they didn't want to tell they were there where they saw the guy who was the killer. Okay, um, that's and, right. And so it took them several episodes. Finally, the 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 one of them who was out and who was the police uh, woman's adopted. Not he, she was he was her foster son. Mm. Finally said we you know finally said we were there. And then later on, of course, told them we were there and we were together. Um, okay. So so it, yeah. Um, and, and I mean, the the police procedural part of it was fairly believable. There wasn't in there was very few times where I went, yeah, right. You know, and for the most part, mm, it made sense mm. and it was believable. Um, and then the character who was actually the villain yeah. had an interesting kind of resolution. So, um, so there were some things in it that were really likable. Still, not the best thing I've ever seen in my life or anything. But well. the the two. The two young guys were cute, and and they kept taking their shirts off. So <laughs> okay, kept kept my interest for ten episodes anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, but and I thought too, you know, it was it was nice to to see a um, a kind of a coming out story in that framework okay. that 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 gave it real that took its time to tell that story and told it realistically and and you know you really haven't seen that in a police procedural miniseries before really okay. you know it was unique in that way so you know okay. there were probably some some young kids who saw that who uh, it helped them a little i think so that's always good so. okay so they so they took a known formula but then they added something extra to it and and made it something completely new right right and okay. somewhat sold it promoted it in a what would you call it a uh tacky way i guess you know they kind of promoted it in a uh, not tacky but you know what i'm trying to say they certainly mm -hmm. didn't they certainly promoted it as, hey, these two boys and one of them's closeted and uh -huh. and they witness a murder. You know, it was certainly supposed to be uh, enticing in that way. Oh, um, this is a but, little. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. I'm, you know I'm what I'm to, saying? I'm trying that to was, that a, was the a little ex exploitive, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the hook. But when it was really all said and done and you watched it, it was really actually a nice story about a, a kid accepting himself. OK. Um, and and. And done fairly well within the framework of a police procedural that was done, you know, certainly as good as an episode of CSI or something like that. Okay. Or NCI or whatever those shows are. So. All right. And the other show I'm really um, excited about is um, Project Runway has a show called Project Runway Junior. Where yeah. it's teenage fashion designers that's just started on lifetime right um, and the teenagers on the show this year are amazing hmm. and uh the first episode was last night um i'm telling oh. you there is just something about tim gunn uh mentoring these young creative kids that's just fun and interesting and t tim gunn is just the perfect guy because he he doesn't he doesn't talk down to them he doesn't treat mm -hmm. them any differently than he does the adult designers right. and um 
it's really I just there's so there's so many creative kids on there. Yeah, that it kind of gives you hope for the future, I guess. Well, yeah, but, on the regular show, I mean, you know, Tim Gunn always was kind of a a mentor type fatherly figure so to speak right um i mean that's what he, he does yeah even, that's his place yeah. on the show right even more so i guess with with the junior version of it i i think so because he is he's an he like i say he talks to them like he does the the adult designers he doesn't talk down to them mm-hmm. he's honest with them I'm, i mean and in the same way that he's honest with the adult designers he doesn't do it in a hurtful way yeah he does it in a way to try and provoke them to do their best right it's con- um, constructive criticism right yeah yeah i mean in the in almost the truest sense of the term yes yes and um and it's it's just neat to see him with these young designers i mean I, the show is great because it promotes creativity and individualism in in kids mm. and that's mm-hmm. aw- that's just awesome mm-hmm. it really shows these kids you know it promotes it um it celebrates their creativeness and yeah. um um, so anyway, the first one was on last night, and of course, they always have teenage boys who are designers on there. They don't really discuss whether they're gay or straight. Sometimes they say they are, and sometimes they don't. On last night's episode, none of them did. But So there was this one, and Tim Gunn walks up to him, and the kid goes, hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what a teenager would say to tim gunn right yeah <laughs> so that was really cool that made sure. me laugh and then i can um, see that uh there were some really great uh on the first episode um which i'm sure they'll rerun there were some really great outfits um these kids are amazing I, it mm. just to me it's just so cool to see uh and it finally dawned on me that what I really like about it is is it's it's not a it's a show that celebrates kind of weird creative kids and that's all a good thing. Right. So, hey. It's you know. Yeah, the designers of the future. Uh, yeah, I mean exactly. Yeah, the creative yeah. Ki- the creative adults of the future. Yeah. Sure. And um, you know, Sierra watches the regular show, and I I, I dare say that she probably will watch the the junior version oh i'm sure she will because yeah it's it's i guess because it's kids it's to me it's better it's even better than the 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 original one yeah and uh i might might have seen an episode or two while sierra was watching um (laughs) yeah sure i mean it's actually it's it's actually not a as reality shows go it's actually probably more honest than your average reality tv show well, what I like about it is it's one of those shows where it's it's a, a contest show. I don't know yeah. what you would call it, but right. But it's you know there are shows like that, like that are cooking shows. Well, you can't mm-hmm. taste the food, so yeah. you don't know. You just have to trust the judges. Uh, you know, good point. And on on shows like where they sing, you know, like The Voice and and America's mm-hmm. Got Talent, you yeah. know, you can sit there and watch that and judge it. But I, I don't. For some reason, those shows don't appeal to me. But I yeah. think because fashion is is very close to art in many ways mm-hmm. that that's what appeals to me about it is it it's art and it's also kind of outsider art to a certain degree i, I i've liked that show i've liked project runaway since it first came out i've, I've watched every season pretty much and um mm-hmm. i don't know for me it's the the reality show that appeals to me most of course except for Chris Lee Knows Best. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but I do, lo- I do love Project Runway just a tad bit more than Chris Lee, but I, okay. Chris Lee is my Kardashian, so. Well, all right. Um, anyway, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so. so I, yeah, I wanted to mention that because that just started. And so there's a whole season coming up. And oh, the other thing I wanted to say was, yeah, it, it's kind of funny because they also, you know, kick off <sighs> a designer every week like they do on the regular show and they have to kick off a kid. And you would think that would be heart seem heartless. And it is kind of hard to watch. Well, but, I mean, it's um, a competition after that's all. The show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the show. And um, and and that's what they kind of say. They're like, this is a show and this is what the show's about and and yeah. someone has to go every episode and right. that's just that's just the way it is and the kid you know the you kids know. really i mean they're they're of course emotional but the adults are too they, um, of course they so are sometimes it's a little you, you know you're just like oh god i hate that they're kicking this kid off it seems kind hmm. of it's so you know it's not heartless but it's just it's like oh i don't hey, want to see this this kid's creativity get stifled yeah you know just i think just the very fact that they're on the show is is probably in, emboldening to them you know because it's like oh i you know if they're good enough to get on the show alone i mean and that's exposure as well and definitely something to put on your uh, um uh, resume so what the hell yeah. And yeah. Uh, anyway, well, just like, not everybody gets a trophy. Right. That too. <laughs> um, I agree. That's, I think that's, that's one of the. I, that's like one of those things where I agree with the fucking Republicans. Not everyone <laughs> needs to get a trophy, you know? Right. But, um, but it, it's just like on the first episode the other night, not to spoil it, but they, they, one of the, the designer they kicked off was one of the younger ones. And I just thought, ah. That that designer can come back next year, you know, mm-hmm. because they let designers do that sometimes. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, that little kid, I don't want to even say the gender. To, I don't want to give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it. But, you know, yeah. that kid is a kid who's young enough that they can come back next year and do it again. And so mm-hmm. even though that that kid was the first one kicked off, that doesn't mean, you know, right. doesn't mean it's over for that kid. So. Or or in, you know, four years time, they come on and do the regular uh, Project Runway show. Right, exactly. Well, that you know, I didn't even think about that, but that too—that's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah, because that could be really interesting too. Because that will happen uh, eventually, I think. Of um, course. Because some of these kids are sixteen or seventeen, so there's nothing that says they couldn't compete with the adults. Yeah, plus, at some Runway point in time. Likes to do. Project Runway likes to do. They have one of their series is like uh, where they invite people back, and it's. I can't remember what they call that one. It's like Project Runway. I don't even remember. Rerun. Um, no, it's <laughs> Project not, Runway. Rerunway. Re, re, All Stars. Project oh. Runway All Stars. Ah. And, and and so they'll invite people back. And what's kind of cool about that one is sometimes they'll in, the, they usually have twelve or sixteen designers, and sometimes it's people who's who have won their season come back uh, and compete in All Stars. Right. So. I don't know. I love that show. Yeah, did you see the one where where some of the designers come back and they become detectives? It's called Tim Gunn's Gumshoes. <laughs> you haven't seen that one? Okay. <laughs> I missed that one. Okay, I think I, I, I made that up or I dreamed it. I think I dreamed uh, it, yeah. Okay, well, anyway. Tim Tim Gunn, <laughs> private dick. <laughs> Tim Gunn's. <laughs> Tim Gunn's private dick. Tim Gunn's gum shoes. Tim Gunn's gum shoes. That's way better. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> okay, uh, I think we've. <laughs> I think we've run out of material. Uh, 
Possibly. All right. You, you, ran, you may have ran us out of material. No, no, um, no. Uh, you got anything else? Um, I got a couple other things, but no, I'll, I'll just say I watched a couple of DVDs. I'll tell you one I watched because there's another okay. one I'll, we'll talk about another time. All right, I that's fine. D, uh, I, I watched the movie Hell or High Water, which has uh, Jeff Bridges and well, – I can't remember who else is in it now. Jeff Bridges and um, – He's like a he's like chasing these guys who are who rob banks. Okay. Um, is he Jeff playing a, a lawman? Yeah, he plays mm-hmm. a Texas Ranger. It's oh. set in West Texas, set in Midland. Came out about four or five months ago at theaters, and it's on DVD already. It's called yeah. Hell or High Water. Jeff Bridges, hmm. Ben Foster, Ben Forster, Ben no Ben Foster. Who's the other guy? He's a famous guy. Oh my God, I got it right here. Hang on, it's gonna drive me crazy. I'm sorry. Steve Buscemi. Please say it's Steve Buscemi. Uh, yeah. Chris Pine. Ah, oh, damn. No, if it was Buscemi, I would remember. <laughs> of Fuck course. Sake. Chris, Chris Steve Pine. Steve Buscemi. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. No. Chris Pine, you know, Captain Kirk from yeah, the yeah. Star Trek series. Right, right, of yeah. course. Yeah, he's great. Um, So Ben Foster and, and um, uh, Chris Pine are these, these blue-collar guys, and they rob banks, oh. and they have a reason they're they have a reason they're doing it, mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Bridges is the Texas Ranger who's uh, kind of on the case, and uh, so uh, it got really good reviews and and kind of disappeared from theaters quickly. Oh yeah, okay. Didn't didn't maybe didn't really break any box office records, is what you're saying? Right. Okay. Yeah, it did okay, but didn't do didn't do gangbusters. Um, and it yeah, but word of mouth, I think. I think um, it's there's some Golden Globe nominations for it, and uh, okay. uh, uh, anyway, it got really good buzz, and the buzz is well deserved. It's a really mm. good movie, very interesting, very um, uh, you know, it's not uh, a shoot 'em up, except that it is, and uh. you know, it, it's not just violence for violence' sake. Okay, it's an interesting story, definitely an interesting story. Cool. Jeff Bridges is amazing in it. He's so good. Yeah. Um, you, he usually is. You believe he's a? Mm-hmm. You, yeah, I like him a lot. You you Me just too. buy him as a Texas Ranger. You know? Oh yeah. You yeah. just buy him as the character easily. Well, spec- so. especially since he did True Grit, the remake of True Grit. Right. That's right. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. He yeah. Re- he regained a lot of uh, gravitas from that movie. Absolutely. He did. Uh, I've loved him from the time he was fairly young. I loved yeah. him. Do you remember Starman? That yes. That was one of those movies I that do. got played a lot when cable started because right. it was it was one of those movies that was on cable a million times. Mm-hmm. He's so great in that movie. He's so right. great in. I love him in uh, Fisher King. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Very good. Amazing. What was that and, movie he um, did uh, when he was real young? Um, uh, he uh, he was on the run oh, from uh, the, the law. Oh, The Last Picture Show? Oh, no. No, no, no. He's yeah. not in Last Picture Show. He's on the run from the law. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to look it up, aren't oh, we? Yeah, I guess um, we are. <laughs> Yeah. The other thing I was going to say that I really liked him in is uh, he, of course, he's in Big Lebowski, which people love. Oh, right. Um, of course. And that's not my favorite uh, Jeff Bridges movie, but no. I know it's, so many people like him. Yeah, it's definitely that. he's definitely iconic in that movie. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but He is in the last picture show. OK. Oh, that was him. It wasn't, that's right. He it is. wasn't that's Jeff him, Bridges. Yeah. Okay. That is Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, Jeff it Bridges. It wasn't his brother. It wasn't Bo. Not his brother Bo. 
Although okay. Bo might be in it, I don't remember. Let's see. You know, I think you're probably uh, right. Yeah. Uh, the Last American Hero, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. That's the one oh, I was thinking God. about that he did when he yeah. was really young. Um, yeah. Yeah, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Uh, he plays a, a fairly tragic character, ultimately, in that film. Um, you know, I, I've never seen that movie. I remember hearing about that movie when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's just one of those ones I never, who's for some it? reason, I've never seen. Yeah, who's in that movie with him? You know, the. the... He plays Lightfoot. Um, right. Jeff Bridges, Clint Eastwood, George Clint, Kennedy. Yes, Clint Eastwood, of course. Why wouldn't I remember wow. that? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Those are some heavy hitters. Um, I really like George Kennedy. He's such an underrated actor. I do too. Uh, I yeah. used to like Clint Eastwood, and now I cannot stand the man. Well, um, his politics are disgusting. He's, he's he, an old. He's an old white fuck. He's. He, Sorry, I got he's, mad. <laughs> he's gone. A, he's gone a bit barmy in his old age. He has. He's a nut, <laughs> fucker. Um, That's all right. I, yeah, I won't watch his movie. I won't watch his new movies now because uh, I'm not supporting. It's just like him and Mel Gibson. Anyone who goes to see a, a Mel Gibson movie should be shot in the head. You're an idiot. <laughs> um, well, you, you know. But then you know you voted for Trump, so you can go see all the Clint Eastwood and fucking Mel Gibson movies you want. I was just who just looking at yeah. Jeff Bridges here, man. King Kong, the remake of King Kong. I'd forgotten that he was in that. Mm -hmm. Heaven's Gate, Tron, Against of course, the Odds, yeah. Starman, yeah. Jagged Edge, The Morning After, Tucker. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Tucker's Tucker. such a great movie. Right. Fabulous Baker Boys, Fisher oh, yeah. King. It's a great movie. Fearless. Have you ever seen Fearless? I don't it's, think I, I have. I can't remember who. No. I don't think he I survives have. a plane crash, and oh. he becomes kind of convinced that he can't die and wow. it's one of those movies Is, isn't there that, a, a, a bruce willis movie called uh, unbreakable that's similar <laughs> i you know i don't know if they're that similar well probably not I but I, you know i i can't remember what happens in unbreakable now i just remember that it had a twist ending of course yeah um, i think bruce willis fearless finds out that he's a superhero yeah yeah pretty yeah. much yeah fearless is um I can't remember who directed it now. It's directed by someone. Well, I can click on it here and I can find out. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of, it's one of those, uh, it's directed by Peter Weir, who did like um, uh, Truman Show and. Right. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's not really artsy, but it's definitely artsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just one of those movies I saw uh, when it came out and loved it. I just fell in love with it. So um, okay. I don't know. I don't know if other people would. You know, it it gets it gets. There are people who just think it's kind of whatever or contrived or something. Now, but, doesn't his character become kind of suicidal toward the end of the movie? Somewhat. He just becomes kind of reckless. Yeah, reckless, um, like standing just, on the edge of a tall building or shit like that. Right. Yeah. 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 And he, uh, um, he, there's, the, the, you know, there's this great part of the movie where uh, Rosie Perez plays this character whose child, uh, she held the, the child in her arms, and when the plane crashed, the she she the child flew out of her arms and died and she's devastated of oh, course that that wow. happened and hmm. so he 
So he puts her in a car and he gives her like a bag of flour or something to hang on to uh-huh. and, tell, and and rams the car into a brick wall. And of course, the flour comes out of her hands and goes everywhere. I can't remember if it's flour. It's something. But yeah. he proves to her that there's no there's just no physical way that she could have held on to that child. Right. It right. Kind of. He heals her, uh, oh. you know, and, and lets her stop blaming herself for it. Wow. It just has thing, things like that in it that are so, you know, unlike any other movie I ever saw. Hmm. Um, and so it's a movie that I really, really one of it's one of those underrated movies that I love. But if somebody hated it, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I can see why some people might be not as <laughs> captivated by it as me. OK, That's fine. If you don't have a heart, then fuck you. You don't need to watch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. that's funny (laughs) all right man we're 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 pushing we're pushing up against the two-hour mark here Uh, i know (laughs) so yeah i I could get most everything i wanted to talk about in there so no that's awesome and uh yeah it's been a great show to be sure because of it so um before we forget let's do an oblique strategy you gonna do an oblique strategy yeah i think we should okay all right. All right. Let me let me pull one out of the deck here, at random. Okay. Oh shit! I already did that one. What the fuck? How did I get that get back yeah. in the deck? It was courage, the one I did uh, when I did the episode by myself. Uh, that was Just that was courage. Yeah, courage! Exclamation point. I honestly thought you you. I thought that was either you had just taken one that. I really thought that you were. That wasn't true. I don't know what I'm trying. You know what I mean? I thought. Oh, you, you thought I just made it up? No, that was actually a kind crime. of. Yeah. Isn't that weird kind that of it... contrived it? Yeah. Yeah. It... yeah. Okay, I will. Wow. Ad- I will admit that I went through the cards and found one that I thought would be appropriate for that episode. <laughs> well, you fuckhole. What? <laughs> that's the. <laughs> that's the that's the first time though that I've ever done that. Every other time has been a, a random pull. But it, isn't it interesting though that just randomly pulling, I pull the the very same one out. That's that is interesting. That's highly. You need to put that to the side. Yeah. Yeah, it's to the side with the rest of the okay. the ones that have already been pulled. I don't know how it got okay. back in there. That's really weird. Hmm. So right. in case this is your first episode, Oblique Strategies is a card created uh, car, a series of cards created mm-hmm. by Brian Eno and Peter Schmidt, I believe, right? That is correct. Yes. And they are they are strategies for getting through creative blockages. True. Um, that e- Eno and people he has worked with in the studio use them sometimes, but we like to mm-hmm. to pull one out and just see if you can apply it to your real life in some way. I couldn't have put it any better myself, so uh, well, well said, sir. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right, let me pull one out that let hopefully is, out on you. has never been pulled before. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's a good one. Slow, uh-huh. okay, slow preparation, fast execution. Mm. Mm. Hey, mm. I like that one. It's like... Uh, Planning ahead so that you're prepared, and then when your time comes, blammo. Boom. You're there ready. There it is. Certainly, yeah. certainly not anything we do on this show. We do no preparation. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty slow fucking delivery, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I wouldn't say no preparation, but I would say low preparation. <laughs> we do. Yeah. I do write some things down to be prepared. but Right. Um, and, and me, too. But, Yeah. We don't, yeah, we don't really do, 
We don't have pre-production meetings or anything. That's for sure. No. <laughs> hey, if we had a uh, you know a, a Patreon page where people were paying us to uh, do this, uh, then yeah, we would we would have pre-production meetings and and all that <laughs> stuff. If if this is our full-time job, but it's not. We we're not. It is not. Yeah, we ain't we ain't Mark Marin. No, we are not. No. We, we are not even even together as two people. We are not nowhere near Mark Marin. Mm, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh well. But we still have fun. We have as much fun as Mark Marin. We just uh, we just don't get get to talk to famous people. Of course, uh, that could right. happen. We could do that. Sure. We, we've been talking I have too about much fun possibly. talking to you though. Well, you know, uh, if we're I do too. If we did a show where we talked to other people, we would have to do two shows a week because I'm not giving up this hour uh, oh. <laughs> and a half at this two-hour slot where we talk to each other. Okay, yeah. Or maybe we could have like, <laughs> yes, there you go. It's <laughs> two hours. That's true. Um, Sometimes mm-hmm. I get so hungry to do the show, I'm like, I'll just do one by myself and and tell Mark to post it. <laughs> hey, well, you know, if you if you have like uh, extra special segments that you want to create, I have no problem with that. I I may do something like that because you know I I think I could do it and and edit it since I've done used the editing program you use a little bit although it's been a while. Okay. I mean, I think I might be able to create something and where it would just be all you would have to do is is put it up. I would, okay. you know, you wouldn't have to do all the all the like right. work you do on these episodes. Okay, but, it could I don't be know, maybe called one day like, that's you something know, we'll do. Slippery slope extras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I thought about doing one that was like, my, you know, I was talking earlier about how I have a list for everything. You know, yeah. maybe it would be fun to do one where I, where I did my top 10 favorite uh, movies or, you know, that could be cool. Favorite songs or Bowie songs or whatever. So, all right. I tell you maybe what. One, maybe one day. Come up with a proposal and submit it to me in two weeks and uh, we'll. we'll... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds like now that sounds like work. No, I'm kidding. Just whenever the mood strikes you to uh, to uh, uh, create something like that, that that'd be great. It would be fun to do, and I may do. I may eventually get around to doing a couple things like that. I don't know. I um, Sweet. I definitely would need to familiarize myself with the with the program we use to make the show. So yeah, well, you know, if you have any issues, familiarize myself. Yeah, right. If you have, yeah, I mean, because I know you've used it before for uh, stuff that you've put on. Um, um, SoundCloud. So, On my SoundCloud. Uh huh. Yep. So, yeah. Obviously, you, you knew how to use it then, so I don't think it'd be a problem for yeah. you. Yeah. No, it'd take me just a little bit of fiddling with it to to get back. Right. To, and you've and you got your blue see. snowball. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that combines blue balls and snowballs. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There's the. <laughs> There's a lot of sexual innuendo going on in the microphone I use for yeah. some reason. Yeah, I, I think that's probably why you purchased it. Uh, it could be why it appealed to me, yes. Well, <laughs> that and I guess it, it got some good reviews on Amazon. So, And it was the one of the lesser expensive but looked nice. Right, I was like, yeah. that looks like a professional microphone, and it's not a professional microphone price. So I'm going to give it a shot. Right, right, yeah. It, it, has, a, it has a cool form factor. It it looks like an old yes. kind of look kind of reminiscent of an old timey uh, uh, microphone that uh, John Cameron right, Swayze yeah. would use. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or the guy who, uh, who who cried about the Hindenburg crashing. But uh, oh, 
the humanity, the humanity. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh, I well, know we should end the episode because my headphones are dinging and running out of battery power. So. <laughs> okay. Well, if that's the case, slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Lodger out. And-